1: Good evening and welcome along to the trium. um <laughs> Should be the forum, but there's no sign of, this, of the fourth member at this moment in time. Uh, tonight in the forum, um, there's myself, Phil, I'm hosting beside me over this side is Keith. Say hello, Keith. Hello, Keith. And now below me is P. Right, and Shane is somewhere in the inter in the, in the interweb internet space of it. It's like
2: Willy Wonka when Mike TV gets transported from yeah. the machine and he gets. Put into a load of million different pieces and goes across. Shane is yes. somewhere between here and there. It's exactly yeah. like that, actually. Exactly yeah. like that.
1: It's exactly <laughs> like that. So uh, we're we're in Willy Wonka's chocolate lab at this stage. Um, right tonight in the forum, you know the script. We talk about stuff that happens in the world of football, um, primarily the Liverpool world. But given that there's not much really going on at the moment outside of Adrian score getting a new contract and everyone having a shit fit about it. <laughs> Who aren't humans? um, yeah. there hasn't much else been going on. So um, what we're going to do tonight, we're going to pass it over to the the question around international football. Um, I know Shane's topic was to do with the media coverage, particularly in, in light like of the the Christian Eriksen Uh Pete, you want to talk about how shit football is um, in the international sphere? Keith, uh, you're going to cover off the Copa and why we should be watching yeah. the Copa and not the Euro European Championships at the moment. And finally, 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 finally. I want to hand it over to the lads in the comments to give me the fourth topic. This is where the euros come from. It's your old topic, right? <laughs> so it's, you guys pick my topic for me and um, the best topics that come in across the course of the night, uh, I'll pick one of them and we'll, we'll, we'll debate that as the last topic. Um, Before we get started, I just want to remind you all about Sienna Steps. Um, It's very important that you get on there and contribute. Do your 5Ks, do whatever you need to do. Just buy a ticket. Don't do anything. Sit in your hole. Sit in your hole for 5K if you want to count 5K in your sofa. um, And I don't really mind. Just whatever you do, just donate. Buy some gear on the website as well. If you don't want to walk anywhere, there's T-shirts, there's hats, there's coasters, there's cups. There's aprons, there's hat. Uh, I said hats. It's like the generation game. Hats, hats, yeah. uh, teddy bears. There's a teddy bear. Uh, there might be a range of chocolates soon, um, but all in a good name. So please get on there and support if you can. Um, every euro and pound and dollar and yen uh, will be gratefully welcome. Um, so look, with, with that, I want to move it along. Uh, as I said, the first topic is. I'm going to hand it off to Pete Rice right, because Pete was. We, we we discussed taking the knee last week. Um, and Pete himself had a new view on, the and a different take and also wants to bring his own experiences to it which I think is fair um, which is really important uh, for people out there to understand and believe what's going on and here's here, Shane my TV there, there's my TV we managed to get Shane in the fourth no. member of the forum so uh, I managed to to to, to, to <laughs> delay the intro long enough to get you in on time so that's great fair play here. to you it was on so Joe's internet <laughs> I thought you are on Joe's, Joe's gaff at the moment, but we won't say anything about that. You come back <laughs> off duty. Um, but it's great, great to see you wearing your Newtown rangers tracksuit as well. But you're yeah, i having a patch there on on fucking on the iron mic. What's it what was it? The junkyard dog. That's what you look like tonight, Pete. You look like the junkyard dog. All you have to do it short of is a shine around your neck. It's 35 degrees here, boys. <laughs> I'm I'm sweltering. It's tw- twenty-seven here in Ireland I'm gonna throw my hoodie on. Um, oh my anyway, right, so the so just for sponsorship. Right. <laughs> um where do we go? We go to UP. Come on. The knee, right wingers, everything. Yeah, very, Let's very
3: have it well, I chose international football and the lack of quality tonight, um, to be honest, you, to highlight the fact that the, this tournament and other tournaments uh, going forward, it looks like they're going to be hijacked, to be honest, with you, by the right wing and, and some of their agenda. And I wanted to really follow on, following on from what, what you guys talked about in and around taking the knee last week. It's very important, I suppose, that the likes of myself, Grizz, Avi, people, you know pe- black people muslim people people with with a i'm not saying everyone doesn't have a view but people with first hand experience and a view should really kind of put some of these issues to bed so on behalf of them I kind of wanted to talk about this and apologize pre-rant to all the guys that we, we engage with, but it's very important to talk about this. Now, in and around taking the knee, if you look at what happened in and around the England game and the preamble to it, um, you can, you'll can you see that the right wing, probably extremists, we can call them at this stage, have uh, equated taking the knee to, to adopting and adapting to uh, Marxist views. Now, there are two essential problems with that. Phil, as you well know, um, the first problem I would have personally is that no right-wingers out there, and i include David Logie in this, the the self-appointed spokesman who has been given a platform by Sky and the BBC, and none of these right-wing idiots um, are familiar, first of all, with the core principles of Marxism. Um, essentially, it's the Marxism is the... Now, I'm not advocating Marxism, but I'm going to tell you what it is. It's uh, essentially the rejection um of a monopoly of uh, rich or, or large business owners who would use those means at their disposal as a weapon to subvert and dominate the masses i e the proletariat as as it would been would have been called in in some parts of the world now that might ring some bells uh the same idiots who claim to be protecting uh football and protecting uh, people against those ideas will be actually. Uh, advocating for those ideas, uh, to be honest with you, uh, come next Monday when it's time to go back to work. Um, And seeing from that very hymn sheet, to be honest with you, the truth is that people like David Logie, Phil, uh, and guys have been allowed a platform and have been given a a, a huge platform to to preach their false equivalency claim uh, by the UK's largest sports broadcasters, which, to be honest with you, I, personally, I can't believe it. I can't even begin to tell you how disappointing that is that Sky, the BBC, would allow these people to have any kind of platform at all. I mean, look, let me be honest with you. Black Lives Matters and the various equality movements throughout the course of history, um, like, for example, I don't know, the Black Panthers and, the, uh, and any black uh, Muslim movement, you know, led yeah. by the likes of Malcolm X, have always kind of equated their values to 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 those essential marxist values but the problem is and it's not the first time this has happened in history right wing organisations have always used the excuse of marxism communism to 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 kind of sell this false equivalency story and agenda to subvert what is a very very powerful black muslim or whatever nation to be quite honest with you and i can't believe for one that The British public and the public that we're exposed to is allowing itself to even entertain that, and I'm kind of surprised, to be honest, that the BBC or that Sky or any of these broadcasters would even give a platform to the likes of David Logie. David Logie went on, who was the f uh, is supposed to be the fan spokesperson. That's a very, very dangerous spokesperson, by the way. To a point, but I'm very, very surprised that. That, that that the broadcaster itself hasn't read it. Oh, that it's his, any history books hasn't decided to look at the history of right wing establishment using Marxism as an excuse and a weak excuse at, at that to to allow these people to tell you that taking a knee, which is is a symbolic gesture, it's not a political movement. It's a symbolic gesture against. Racism and racist values. I cannot believe that they are allowing a platform uh, to people like Logie to say, "Oh, the communication needs to be clearer." There couldn't be any clearer. You know, black people are are making a stand against uh, against racism. They're doing it in a public forum. That's all the communication you need. So, for me, to be honest, there, there's no argument here. It's just stand back be quiet and allow people to protest peacefully in the way that they've chosen over the last six or seven months. And to be honest with you, the reason I wanted to have this conversation is, and I wanted to urge people out there, don't be fooled by racist commentary. And the racist commentary is simple. Oh, that's if you subscribe to Taking the Knee, you're subscribing to, to changing the course of our political journey towards marxism that's absolute rubbish and it's an attempt to muddy the waters with a non-related uh political agenda to be honest that has nothing to do with safeguarding against racism off. Off.
2: yeah couldn't agree more uh very well said p very well put and I think you know Marxism. It's it's an easy word to throw out there to frighten people because nobody really knows what it is. Do you know what I mean? It's communism. Here, the top Marxists in the world are like Stalin and Ho Chi Minh and uh, Mao and all these guys, and they all had their their chance um, running their countries, and it died away. So why people think Marxism is making a comeback? If anything, there's been in the last maybe ten, to f- maybe ten years, maybe more. There's been a rise in right wing politics and things like that are cropping up in England, in Europe, in America, all over the world. The right wing has sort of come out of its, out of its cave nearly, if I want to a better word. And that's down to things like social media, giving people a platform, and giving people a voice to say what they want, when they want, without any recriminations. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no fear of getting pulled back. And that comes in with the racism as well. You know, you see. Ian Roy getting abused and getting absolutely torn and no one on line with these little wet wipes and Kerry and all and nothing happens because people can do and say what they want there's no there's no comeback on it and you know you're spot on about your man David Ogie, how he was the England fan representative in the four places beyond me, how they picked uh, Tommy Robinson clone <laughs> to be the, the fan rep is, is bad. How he was selected to go on and give the interview, number two, can't get my head around it. How Sky News and these others reported it, number three, baffled. But then how they pushed it afterwards. Because they didn't do it and think, all right, this is bad. They then went pushing and promoting it. Do you know what I mean? Like as if, as if it was normal. So it, it's baffling what's going on. And people... I don't want to say gullible because there's there's probably a lot of people in the chat tonight that that agree with beyond the taking the knee and all that. People have their own opinion on it, but I'll call them gullible because if, if you're, if you're taking the knee, right, if Harry Kane and right, Jordan Henderson wasn't playing, but Jordan Henderson and Hardy Maguire and these senior English, uh, white English players are taking the knee. They're not taking it because George Floyd got killed in America. Phil spoke about this last week. Colin Kaepernick is, how many years ago, Phil? Five, six years ago? Five, four, six years ago. his
1: contract ran out at the end of yeah. 17. So,
2: yeah. Start taking the knee because of the the treatment of of black people in America by the police, uh, police brutality and all that sort of thing. Colin Kaepernick done a, and several other players joined in. Colin Kaepernick got black ball thrown out of the league. This is all happened before George Floyd. George Floyd happened, what, last year, two years ago, Max? That kicked off a a, a, a surge of violence and looting and things like that. And these people, these right-wingers say, ah, looting, looting, looting. This is because it's happening in the most deprived neighborhoods and the most deprived areas in America and in these places and in England, in London, in toxted in the 80s, in Brixton. It's the lowest economy, lowest social um uh, social disadvantaged. Economic. Yeah, socioeconomic disadvantaged areas that these things happen in. So you, you can't say, oh, well, you know, Break they're getting, the What's going on there? Who's who's wrecked? Who's, who's gaff is <laughs> getting wrecked? That's Pete, definitely. Oh, is Pete? <laughs> Pete? Is somebody
1: is somebody breaking ice in your gaff therapy? Yeah. Just just tell them to put their earphones on when they're breaking the ice with <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know he was on a good rant there, and no, I'm not that forgetting I know. where it was. <laughs> but now people like are, um, you know, they're they're forgetting that you know it's nothing to do with George Floyd. This is white players saying they've had enough of their colleagues, of their friends, getting abuse getting absolutely hammered. You know, Manchester United lose a game and the first thing that Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial and Paul Pogba and Eric Boye and um, Mason Greenwood and all these black players, they're getting monkeys, bananas, all this stuff on Twitter by little faceless maggots that if they seen them in the street, he wouldn't say boo to them, but because it's all behind an avatar and it's all, you know, anonymous, they feel free. They can do it. The, The right wing have been given a voice in through politics over the last 10 years. Look at the UK, look at America, Europe, France. You know, they've all sort of seen a rise in right wing politics and they've been given a voice and they've been allowed to get away with it. And this is a culmination of that. If you're doing that, taking a knee, you are supporting racism. And I don't, (laughs) people cannot say that or not. I just disagree with, with men having to kneel, British men having to, that's all a load of bollocks. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not that they are doing that. They've given their reason. They've given their explanation. Why do you feel the need to do it and challenge it? You just don't do that. You don't have to not ask you to kneel with them. Do you know what I mean? Just Shane,
0: anything to add? Oh, listen. I'm I'm, on with Keith and Pete, and they're they're far more intelligent on the subject than me, really. You know. But listen, it's. Even go back to today, I had to. I read comments from Sulech from uh, West Ham, who had to clarity He made comments about saying that the band that has made off for Slavia Prague playing against Rangers for racially abusing Glenn Kamara w- w- was unjust, and he didn't really say. it And he's not that type of bloke. And blah blah. And then he had to roll back today, saying, <laughs> "Listen, my comments were misconstrued. I lost in translation in the the language barrier, and it, I didn't really mean it." And also. It's like it it, it, it creeps in. It, it, like it, it's in in, the, in that Eastern block in that part, and it's creeping across. And it's just, it, do you know what I mean? People are they're kind of said. It, it's like it's it's like an excuse. They kind of feel like they have an excuse for it now, and. Like for, for them for beyond taking the knee, it's just it's just absolutely baffling. Like I, I listened to you last week, Phil, it was very good about Kaepernick and stuff like that. I'm glad Pete is on because I really like listening to Pete on, on, on topics like this. Yeah. But it's like it's just there it really is. It's the like you're yeah, dealing with the lowest that the low there, really, and, and really the, the, the least intelligent. Well, sorry can Pete
1: can I, can, yeah, can I just on. jump in like, yeah, j- just just respond to a couple of things there's been a couple of mentions in the comments and I, I'm probably in the camp I don't see myself particularly left wing um, or socialist or Marxist or right wing or conservative I'm probably very much central because mm. that's what I've been grown up in I've grown that's up in the issue. Cent- a centrist based society mm. so I can fall either one way or the other um, that's what Ireland is it's, it's been a system of coalitions for almost since the state was founded um, and because of that, we never have any far right or far left really strongholds of ideology in here. Fortunately, England isn't. England is a deeply rooted right wing society, and um, that's how conservative powers more or less on on undisturbed for the best part of. Over a century at this stage, um, so it's not surprising that the you know there's this idea that it's it's a small minority. It's not it's the vast majority of England. They've elected one of the hardest right, face, right wing governments in years with the recent election and 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 the campaign for Brexit. Brexit was all about getting rid of foreigners out of England. Yeah. It wasn't about anything else. The idea of taking back sovereignty and taking back the markets, um, which if anybody with an ounce of sense looked into it, realised that this was going to be an absolute shit show for England, which it's turned out to be. Um, and anyone that with the sense. Tends to be uh, leaning towards the left side of England. So this this leads into a whole debate around politics and football. Fundamentally, though, these players are the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I see people going on about the Black Lives Matter thing is a um, turned into a Marxist thing. That's bollocks. This is all that's that's Fox News. You're getting spun a Fox News story about this is socialism and this is takes Socialism boy, it's very and major. it's not
3: new. It's not new. The Americans have been doing this since the nineteen. Pardon my language. Fucking fifties. They had a man called Joe McCarthy who tried to run out of the country, tried to imprison, kill anybody with leftist ideas, anybody. And he, oh, they, he, he went into the, They went as far as black people went. Oh, the the blacks are, are communists as well. I it's, gotcha. about, it's about marginalizing people, labeling themselves idiots. In but Alabama, Pete, will think they're communists, Pete, they're leftists. Let's get rid of it.
1: Can I just just run back on this because mm-hmm. if there is a relevant point to to why players should be allowed. My my bit is that players should be allowed protest whatever they want, whenever they want, however they feel. Okay, yeah. it doesn't have to be taking the knee, but we as fans should respect the protest, whether we agree with it, whether we don't. That's what it is. You look at the danger that's going on in England, you see this GB news, all this type of stuff. They want, that's what they like, right? And that's what they want. So, I'm not going down the whole politics tripe, I just you i I've, I look at it and I see a very right leaning society in England and, and their politics match up with it and the views expressed by somebody that was representing what was the English supporters' trust or whatever they put them on the Sky is very much representative of the vast majority of the people who vote in elections in England that result in the governments that they get. This is not and that's why I, I it gets to me the small minority are the people that the majority of us follow on um, Liverpool or football Twitter which are a lot more left-leaning in terms of their views a lot more um, fraternal when it comes to how they want to see society and a lot more um, stronger when it comes to action and protest and, and, and we talked to the guys from from Spirit of Shankly and you know, I, I would say on both sides I, it doesn't really bother me I'd say on both sides of the fence as I said because I'm a centrist <clears throat> and I, I, that's the way I feel. I'm also uh, older in my age, so I have a right. I, I, I get more. You you end up being more conservative leaning the older you get because you've got kids and stuff like that. And it's been proven over time that people do move towards that that side of it. And that's just the way it is, right? Um, and I'm sure there's always people who will be opposite ends of the spectrum. It's where you get when it comes back to the football, and when it comes back to being able to do things. Sport has always acted as a voice to uh, to impart and expose something that is being kept under the table or being kept under wraps that's there and sport will always be that and as I said we as fans need to respect people who want to want to use their voice which they haven't been able to use up until now um, and as, as 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 I would have had conversations it would have been like you think about the amount of, of people of colour in various different sports around the world who've come from oppressed regimes and even come from situations that we've seen in the last 20 years like I, I've known people all my life And we've often talked about this in terms of what he would have endured as a kid, and wouldn't have been seen as racist. Now, would be seen as absolutely abhorrent behaviour in just in day-to-day talk. So, it's like it's it's this is where we are. We're in a society which does which is which on a moral compass is moving in the right direction. But actually, underneath that, the real population hasn't isn't up with the moral compass. But at least if the moral compass is guided in the right way, it will bring people along gradually. But it will take a while for that to happen.
2: Do you know but what I want you to touched back. on there, Phil, before we finish on that, you touched on something there um, about the, the racism thing and the, the people being oppressed. And it, it the oppressed people are, oh, I don't want to have a dig at England again, right? And there's a lot of English people in the chat, a lot of English people follow our channel and listen to the shows and all that. But England as a nation are the, um, imperialist, colonial, all that stuff. They were the oppressors, so naturally they have that sort of oppressive nature i'm not about the normal person on the street i'm I'm not about sort of as a as a nation but if you look at the james mclean issues over the years for refusing to wear a poppy never done that, um never done and really divisive about never came out and said anything he just didn't wear a poppy and came out time and time again and explained the reason and why and the abuse he gets for that do you know what i mean people don't want you know, we fought, we won the war for your free speech. Oh, no, not that free speech. Do you know what I mean? Once your free speech is in line, with are air-free speech. And, you know, that's not right. Do you know what I mean? That is not right. And that's the thing. People, you won't change that mentality and you won't change that mindset. But the one thing to do is to make it uncomfortable for the people who oppose that. That would be my take on it. Make Don't let them have a, an easy ride. Shane, I just want to jump
1: in because I want to bring it back to football. Taking that free speech in, into mind, then, um, Pete. I, I, thanks for the views. But like, how does that feed into the fact that international football is shit? Absolutely. Well, I think the fact that it's so bad, to be honest with you, Phil, has has you just given, want to distract
3: has, us. Is that what I, it is? No, no. Has it has made that platform easily accessible? Really, I mean, it's so bad. I mean, you look at tonight, for example, look at Spain versus Sweden. And, you know, I did do my homework as I always did. And, you know, I look at, first of all, you start from the game and you look at the entire front six, if you will, five of the front six being replaced before the 75th minute. I mean, Luis Enrique is a decent coach, you know, but you're, you're you're looking at two sets of players. I mean, you look at the Swedish side, I think two of them are playing with Krasnodar. Three or four of them are playing back in Sweden. Um, you know, two or three of them have have had their best years in the SPL with Celtic. You're talking about a very Walkman-like four-four-two, and you look at Spain. You know, I, I see a couple of players who aren't playing for that, that clubs. I look at Rodri, who's in and out. To be honest, I look at Pau Torres, who's a kid. You know, Marcus Llorente, Okay, he's won the league. Coke Walkman-like. Fern, Fernand Torres hasn't done anything yet with his career. Obviously, will Morata is the best, worst centre-forward I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nobody seems to own him, whether it's Juventus yeah. or Atletico Madrid. Nobody seems to want to, admit to own him. Uh, Almo, who's, to be honest, if this was a Spain squad 10 years ago, wouldn't be anywhere near this. It, I just, you know, Laporte, who wasn't Spanish until six weeks ago. Um, I, to, to be quite honest with you, the, the standard of international football, I mean, Phil, Phil, you've been saying this for a long, long time, and I've been kind of like, oh, come on now, Phil. It's international football. But this tournament, it's not just because Ireland aren't there. (laughs) Um, This tournament really, I mean, look at England even. You know, Calvin Phillips, their best player the other day. You know, there's a lot of players playing with top clubs there. And as a cohesive unit, it's just not there. It looks pedestrian championship standard. It looks tentative. It's predictable. You know, the Holland game, even they're saying it was game of the tournament. It was a good 45 minutes the second half, the first 15, 20 minutes of the first half was about missing pretty simple chances, to be honest with you. This is a bad tournament, guys. Yeah. International football is in the toilet. And that's, you know, to be honest with you, why other things are getting a platform. And that was my entire point, to be honest with you. It's international football's poor.
0: Yes.
1: How, how's your love for the for the international footballs uh, that they're kicking at the moment?
0: Uh, listen, I, I t- think um, we've probably spoken, we've touched on this before maybe on, on, on the forum, and uh, it's worth t- touching on again, obviously, because it's topical with the Euros. But, like, I'm sure, listen, we can all remember the times I used to get a no home school because Ireland lands down on no floodlights, to me. I got the no home to finish 15 minutes early to burst home in the dark to watch Ireland playing and everything everything else. And I'd I be, I be similar. The P, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. It's it's workman like. It, it it makes it all the worse. We're not there because there's not there's a lot of teams. The majority of teams aren't very good, and we still can't fucking qualify. <sighs> but having said that, it's basically it, it it's this since the the dawn of the Champions League and the money has been uh, that's become the, the biggest show in town. You touched on it last week. I think Phil's basically saying since uh, the, the France '98 was the last real World Cup, and, and since then. The, the money element that's gone into club football to get the best teams, to get the best players, to get to get the best TV deals, the TV rights. It's not the World Cup anymore. It's 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 all about the European Cup and the Champions League. And listen, I, I, I'll hold my hand up. I would be the first man dressed head to toe and green and the bowser, or, or certainly would have been before my daughter was born. Um into the Bills are on the bandwagon following Ireland there, there, there really is not too many things better in Ireland that qualify for the tournament now in general it's probably only going to be the three group games and then we're, we're heading home but it's great but listen um, as far we don't generally get there and it's kind of a damning indictment when you tune into an awful lot of tournaments and the general consensus from everybody is really there's not really a standout team Yeah, uh, Keith I'm
1: going to leave you to last because I want to segue yeah. into that the next topic, right? But uh my, my view is it's well 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 established at this stage. Um international football died when football in football became global. Right, damn that—that's the nineteen ninety eight is is the cut off point. It's like uh, after that's Champions League football all the way, and we've never had we've never had a truly great tournament since then. We've had touched on your uh, World Cup two thousand and six in Germany. That was that was probably the closest we got to it. We talk about Irish people talk about your two thousand and two because we have very fond memories and going to get knocked out by Spain in a penalty shoot out. And um, there's lots of fond memories there. But in reality, we haven't had a truly great tournament again since France ninety eight. And um, so anyone that was born after ninety eight hardship, um, but in in this tournament is an absolute pig's ear, um, for a start because the new format's poxy. Um, nobody knows what's going on. I turn on to see Belgium playing uh Russia, and Belgium are the home team, and the match is being played in Leningrad. It's like I just don't know what's going on, right? So like I just was right. I'm done. I'm done. Um, and also for anyone that's listening, that's a Marxist reference for you as well. So. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was,
2: was,
0: I was, was wondering me. I was wondering whether that was on purpose so or not. <laughs> <have> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, and then then you turn on. Like, uh, honestly, it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. If England win win this thing, they'll have played one match outside of Wembley. Yeah. Six out
2: yeah. of seven games or something, isn't it?
1: Is in is in Wembley. What's the point? Look where where's the, where's the fairness in the, in this tournament surely international football is meant to be fair right um the idea of a tournament that a, it strips away the home advantage and everyone gets a fair shot in the tournament itself and it's about the best teams it's meant to be the best best teams playing in an equal environment where they rise to the top on neutral ground right with the exception of the host nation and we all know that right mm. And very few host nations win the tournaments and it's been statistically proven over time but there's now a question, mark. <laughs> <laughs> who is the team? What are the groups? I don't even know what the groups are. Yeah, I don't know if mm. everyone's played or not played. Um, I turn on, the, the. it looks like a bunch of Pro Evo 09 regents. Like there's a fellow called Elmo playing for Spain. What's that mm, about? Oh, no, he was on, on Sesame Street. There's mm. uh, a Jared, Jared Moreno. I made him up in FIFA 14. That was the last <laughs> time I played it. He, And he looks like a cart horse running mm. around the pitch, plodding around like mad. Thiago's on the bench uh, mm.
0: without a doubt of class. Um, and, yeah. I've Watched so some four, highlights four, four, four groups, three teams come out with it. The, the, yeah. the three, am I right, Keith? The three, the yeah. four best, the four four best four best tour tour place places teams. come out. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. nearly as bad as Keith is going to come on to Copa American Commonwealth. It's nearly as bad as this this year. Like, it's, no, but the, yeah. this is it's, this is
1: this is essentially UEFA went to the guy and they asked the guy, How do I make <laughs> the tournament me? that makes the, Super the, 8. The, the initial knockout rounds irrelevant. Right, uh, because essentially, if three teams come out of a four-team group, what's the point? You could just do. You go back to what they did in 1990 and just draw lots to see who the worst team is in the group, mm. kick them out, skip a hole out of the tournament, and get on to the business stage where teams actually have to play against each other, and it's worth something. Um But yeah, genu- genuinely, as I said, the and, and, and come on to Keith, just for me looking at this tournament, I just don't see. I don't see the buy-in on, on previous tournaments. You could always see the buy-in. You could always see the war-class player. You could see the the, the war-class team. France had that look. The only thing that's probably dragging me in a wee bit is the fact that France are killing each other in their in their team camp. When they get knocked out, yeah. I, I, I saw some of the England match. Fuck me, I turned it off. Absolutely diabolical. Yeah. And then I saw the narrative that was going on afterwards that there was a real strong performance with England. For a start, I didn't know half the fellas playing. And when I watched them, I don't want to know half the players playing because they're yeah. shy is basically it right so it's like the, you'll never see them playing in the Champions League final. so that's that's the main thing right? that's, that, that you're getting over that Swedish team is, is, is a gem to knock out England at some stage right Just they, they just sit there for, for 96 minutes and score in the 97th minute with a bone over the top and your man Isaac will run on and score against it mm-hmm. um, so yeah look uh, all being told um, I completely get why the lack of interest it's, it's, it's the off yeah uh, uh, Lauren Duffy that's great it's, it's, it is the off-field drama that's probably going to drag people into this tournament because there seems to be a lot of that out. there seems to be a lot of unhappy camps there seems to be a lot of
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg
1: this is the deal each week you're in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh
2: lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. You know, the show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: And that's dragging me. I'm, I'm more interested in the stories around the pitch at this moment in time than I am what what's going on the pitch, because what's going on the pitch is poxy. Whereas, Keith, you're currently watching... Argentina versus Chile at the moment. So we should oh, yeah. we all turn off the Euros and start watching the Copa break. Oh,
2: Messi is after calling in a free kick there to put Argentina 1 0 up against Chile. Fantastic. Wonderful. But in all seriousness, are we going on to my subject now? Yeah? Yeah, it may as well. No, but you know, it's all the toys in. I love the Copa America. It's it's of all the tournaments, it's my favorite. And the reason it's my favorite, and they've been trying to make a bollocks of it for a few years now, is that there's only ten teams in it. This year, right? There's ten South American teams now. Australia and Qatar were invited in, and they had to pull out at the last minute. Even then, you, you've got two groups of of six or whatever. As it is, it's two groups of five. The Euros used to be good when it was a smaller competition, but then you have the breakaway of all these nations, the breakup, and Russia suddenly has eight or nine, ten countries, Yugoslavia has five or six, you know, and, and there's so many more countries now to get involved. And the qualities just went to shit. Like, and UEFA are just throwing more and more teams into it. Like, we're gonna have a 64-team World Cup and it it probably 64-team Euros soon as well. You know, it's 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 just madness. Where is the cup? It's it's ten teams. It's you know the same teams are there. You know who you are getting. You know who's going to be there. Some of them are garbage, like Bolivia are traditionally the worst team in South America in these things. You'll still look and see a player that you don't know because it still retains that bit of mystery that European football doesn't anymore. And, and, they, the
0: and they and they play at a million fucking feet above sea level as well. Keith. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Six Florida. minutes
2: in, and the other teams have laid in bollocks and gasping yeah. for oxygen. But that, they're the little things. They're the little tweaks. Like, you go in there and you could have... Brazil could be the best team in the world back in the 90s when they had Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Romario, all these guys, world champs. They go to they go to Bolivia and they go to Paraguay and all these high-altitude places, and they can't run for sure. And they're the little, the little quirks and all that you enjoy about this. I love the Copa. I think it's brilliant. But we're also seeing now the grade coming into it because... Uh, if if people don't know, there's a, a global pandemic out there, COVID-19, and they come up all doing everything to get this tournament played, despite countries not wanting a part of it and the team's not wanting a part of it. So it was meant to be held in Colombia and Argentina the first time it was going to be a joint um, hosting of the tournament. Colombia they pulled out Pete will probably be aware of this is mm. fact that his, his good uh, lady wife is a Colombian but there's political unrest there there's protests going on all over the place against people the people being President. killed
3: on the streets yeah sexually
2: assaulted killed disappeared and like it's madness what's going on there mm. and it's down and you'll probably know more than correct me if I'm wrong Pete but what I was reading on it is like you know tax increases and health cuts and all these sort of things due to COVID and the president's yeah. just lashing them in there and the people are going blade mad over this. So it was meant to be going there. They're like, nope, can't guarantee the safety while well, not having that. I think the, even the final actually was supposed to be held in Barranquilla, if I'm, I could yeah. be wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it, it was meant to be there. They cancelled it, they pulled out. So Argentina, right, yous have it on your own. If you if need it, they go, Ask his neighbours, you know, Chile might be able to put a game on, Paraguay might be able to put a game on. But Argentina, are like, no, COVID's going through the roof here. We can't do this. And at that point, you're thinking, right, this is out the window, cancelled, scrap it. The only logical thing, because Brazil is up to its bollocks in COVID cases. So that's a non-runner. Can Uruguay host it? I don't think so. But no, goes to Brazil. Brazil have, I wrote this down. The second highest death toll in the world due to COVID, the 486,000 deaths and 17.5 million cases of COVID. How they've said that they can do it is beyond me. But then you hear the last Copa America in 2019, <laughs> I think made Comma Ball $120 million just from hosting it. And when you hear those figures, and I know, right, there's not going to be fans at it, so it's not going to be that high. But when you start hearing those figures, you know what the reasoning is. I mean, yeah. you hear the Brazilian players, Allison, all the Brazilian players, T-Day, the coach, they came out and said, we don't want this. But we're going to do it because Brazil called. Do you know what I mean? Brazil's telling us that we want to have it. So we're going to have it. Yeah. But it kicked off there over the weekend. right? We're on, I think, the third game. We had Brazil. Played um, Venezuela, do you know? what yeah. won three 0 oh, uh-huh. It was a, it was a yeah, it was a, a a little dirty man. I love that about South American football. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. But you had your you had your um, Neymar get a goal, Marquinhos scored, and Gabi goal, uh, Barbosa gets a goal. So yeah. Brazil got off to a flyer. They're happy. Last night, I don't know if anyone saw the Colombia Ecuador game last night. The goal, um, the Edwin Cardona free kick. About six passes, and he dinked it in. It looked like he was squared up for a shot. done not know. That's
1: just uh, let the civil. What do you call
2: this? Yeah, that's that's Spain. Yeah.
1: Spain's Euro hopes going past at the
2: moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Getting sent for Luis Enrique. But um, <laughs> they, yeah, Euro going back. Ecuador one nil last night, and then we've Argentina are on at the moment against Chile. One nil. up Messi gets a, it. Gets a pearler because, as I said, in our in South America you see players that you don't know. We all know Messi and Neymar and these guys. But I've given a little list, right, Of because I hate these people who are know-it-alls that watch football all the time, but you know they don't watch football all the time because there's not enough hours in the day, right, to watch the football that these people claim to know. I'm not naming any names, but I'm one of these characters as well by, by the looks of it. Pedigree, Chum. You'll know what I mean. There you go. There you, go. you said it. <laughs> but... Um, the thing I love doing, I watch a lot of um Cop of Liberty Doris, all that sort of stuff. I don't watch Premier League football. People think, oh, I, I give me opinion about If Liverpool aren't playing, I don't watch Premier League. Man United, Man City, going for the tour, I wouldn't watch it. I'd watch Fair City or Coronation Street instead. Not a chance I'd watch any of that shit. But I do watch a lot of South American football because that's just what I like. So I a few players to look out for. I'll quickly go through this. I won't bore you, but um, there's a lad off a uh, Uruguay called Fecundo Torres right and he plays for Penarol and he is a, he's a forward player now I don't know if he's going to start but he might figure he is the business look out for him he's only won 21 but he's been in Milan um mm. I don't know why because they haven't got a washout but he only cost about 12 million uh 12 million dollars or something like that so you get the deal you know you got the unflip um palestri off Penarol as well. There's a lot of talent coming through there. But there's two Ecuadorians, right? Gonzalo Plata is 20, Sporting lisbon winger, played last night on the right wing. And a guy who signed for Brighton, right? He's only 19, and his name is Moish Casado. Mm-hmm. Brighton signed this young fella, right? He is the best midfield talent I've seen in South America in years. This fella is made for the Premier League, so watch out for him. He's a centre mid, right? He's only 19. He hasn't had a sniff at Brighton this young flit is going to be of mustardy. Do you see the likes of, um, what's your man's name that everyone knows, Basuma off um, mm. Brighton. Brighton? When he gets sold and this young flit gets in, box to box, passing midfield, like this young flit is the business. So watch out for him if he gets a sneak. The new Lucas, thing. is he? the new Lucas Leiva the new Lucas Leiva I thought you would appreciate that feel yeah new Lucas Leiva by all accounts to be yeah no he is he's this young for his quality but mm. that's what I enjoy runs about it partage. there was a point to me yeah <laughs> runs in porridge that's it very stodgy mm. uh, likes a sideways pass but no, that's like what I would, would
1: just not good to like a, where go. most football played <laughs> in the world on football pitches
2: this is it on no, but you know what? That's what I love about the copy is discovering these players that, not that nobody knows, because I don't talk to people. I don't stop people in the street and say, yeah, I've an Ecuadorian midfielder for you. None of that shit. I just watch it for myself <laughs> and because I enjoy it. And if we look back at the Euros, right? I was watching, you know the way football's coming home because England won the Euros this year. Mm, There's been yeah. a lot of TV stuff about Euro 96, <laughs> right? And I remember looking at it and thinking it's probably the last tournament where you get these players that would surprise you coming out of nowhere. And Matheus Sama was the best player in that tournament by a mile. But he'd done all his good work because Dieter Royals covered for him in every mm. game. And Dieter Royals went in the whole the midfield player and sat in every time Sama went on a run. And no one ever heard of Dieter Royals. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and was, and it's,
3: in fairness, he was very Walkman-like. I'll he was, see, but he was it.
2: quality and he, he was yeah. doing his job, Pete. But it was, always six, yeah. this, it was always this thing that you'd still find these players. A Russian fella, I can't think of his name, um, scores a beauty against, I think it was the Czechs or Croatia or something like that. And these fellas, it was the last time we felt that you'd be finding these little gems at tournaments. Do you know what I mean? Like it, because football, you touched on it there. Phil. '98 is the it went globalized and it went commercialized and all that. It did, and and it toys in because that's why. I've no interest in it now. We see too much football and too much European football.
3: You look at the last Euros, for example, when uh, Hal Robson-Canu sent half of the the Belgians defence for a hot dog. (laughs) I mean, he was a free agent doing that. Now, normally speaking, in normal times, he'd have got a big, he'd have got a big move somewhere. But afterwards, he struggled to get a contract. I think it was he was finished at Reading. He struggled to get a contract with West Brom, and I think that was on the last day of the window. So it's just not even the window that it used to be, international football. And funny, you talk about Matthias Sammer. I mean, that guy that guy would have been an absolute world beat if it wasn't for two very, very bad knees. But those days are over. Those days of picking up good players. I mean, I, I look at, for example, Conor Washington had a very good tournament for Northern Ireland when they qualified. Nobody took a chance on him. QPR, I think, gave him a new contract. Nobody t- takes a chance on, on these players. It's as Phil says: it's fellas that do well in the Champions League for a round or two. If you're playing with a Slavia Prague and you go far in in the Champions League, or if you go far in the in the Europa, like for example, Pau Torres will sign for a big, 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 big club after winning the the Euro. But international windows for for players now it's, it's just gone. It's gone.
0: Yeah. In fairness, Phil, you you love the copper this year because Louis like Keith said there's there's two t- two groups of five and eight teams are going through four in each group into the quarterfinals. <laughs> One team is getting knocked out. Louis like Keith said it's been an it's been a horror show because the other yeah. two couldn't travel for and COVID, and then and then what 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 people didn't know was then was Columbia were hosting. Mm. Uh, as where Argentina, the, the most northernly and southerly points on the continent, right on mm. a huge continent. Brazil were based in Colombia, but they were barred from travelling to Colombia due to COVID restrictions in Colombia. They were not going to be allowed in. They were like the the country Colombia had, had shut up shop from Brazil due to the cases, and then that's what they. W- like, I text Keith or I put on the WhatsApp when Tim Vickery is on, uh, and you'd, you'd get him around as Brazilian, the English based, uh, yeah. English Brazilian based journalist. He's absolutely brilliant. I'd oh I would e- I'd urge anyone to, to, to Tim uh, yeah, Tim Vickery. To fair, no? Stuff. no, 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 uh, no, he, he's, he's um, the BBC, the BBC, BBC journalist, journalist P. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's, he's the best freelancer. Best. American. freelancer.
1: He writes for the Guardian as well. Yeah, from, like, oh, okay. Brazil. Brazil. and he's
0: he's absolutely he's fantastic. But he was talking about coming about like what Keith said that they pay the bills to make the money. The TV routes are sold, but because uh, the World Cup qualifiers were cancelled the last round yeah. due to COVID and the state in South America, the South American teams have there's buckets of qualifiers left in, yeah. in order to get them sorted for next year for the for the next World Cup. And he's Tim Vicary basically saying. Uh, copper should be scrapped and they should use that time to play the World Cup qualifiers because he, he basically doesn't know how they're gonna squeeze them all in and fit them all in. He said it's an absolute shit show from top to bottom, but come the ball, have to pay the bill. So oh, they'll they're gonna played. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. You,
2: you look at the likes of Venezuela. Do Venezuela have a, a decent enough young team, eight COVID cases on the eve of the tournament. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Bolivia, the the probably the worst team in a three or four of their. Better players COVID and they're all just going to get riddled, they're all going to get rinsed with this bleeding thing. And they just no one has an appetite for it at the moment. And with the exception, maybe a Messi who wants to get one under his belt before he retires, I think they'd all just happily jack it in because that was right. Really, you know, where are they going to play these games? And from a selfish point of view, as well, like if you look at Liverpool, we don't want air players cramming in games as well, you know, and we've got. You know, three players in the squad currently that are Brazilian internationals. You don't want them getting every
3: time. Every time Andrew Robertson makes a a run down that left hand side, I think to myself, any minute now, his hamstring's gonna pop. (laughs) I I couldn't give two shits if he plays well for Um. Scotland.
1: I think I'm I'm sort of leaning more towards Keith's camp. The fact that the Copa America is full of lads that you have no idea who they are makes yeah. it an attractive tournament to watch, right? Mm. I, 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 there's there's nothing better than an international tournament where you're having a breeze who they are. Well, saying that, I have no idea who the regens are that are playing in the European Championships. <laughs> I was on yeah. the Holland game last night yeah, and I was man. like, do freeze. That's a town in Scotland. What's yeah, he, he, was doing
3: for, he was playing for Aruba, you know, yeah, three
2: think, or four years
1: ago. You mm. stick on somebody was playing for Finland and he grew up in our town. There was another fella, Tommy Delaney playing for Denmark or something. And yeah. he grew up over in Cabra. Like, mm. you know, I'm, I'm they're going Rice and Grealish, both of them, both of them good local Crumlin and Drimna fellas. Do <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like they're going, loads of these Irish lads are just gone off and sort of mercenary themselves around Europe. Um, but at the same time, I look at these teams and I'm going, these don't look anything near the teams that I grew up watching when it came to international football. The, team, the the squads, are few and far between that you even recognise who the players are. That Spanish squad tonight, like and, okay, I don't watch Incredible. as much football as I may have done five or six years ago. Incredible. Fuck me, like the, I, I barely recognised anyone. You know what I mean? Like
3: tree, the front three, I mean, just awful. awful. But this is
1: like awful. this is what I'm saying. So you know, you look at it, you look at the English team, and it seems to. have Cowed itself down to the the great god of Harry Kane, who's who's crap is going to be honest with you. Like in tw- in twenty years, nobody's going to remember Harry Kane. They're not going to remember anything he's ever he ever did. It'd be a bit like Shearer He'll, he'll just be doing. it be pointing it on the television. That's what you remember most.
0: Right? I, th- I think I think you're, I think, you're, I, think you're, I think you're spot on, Phil, as regards what like what Keith was saying. Because with social media and the internet, it's very easy to look up players, but people generally like follow people in their own bubbles. So we Liverpool and stuff like that. So people aren't really open to seeing. South American players, and, and as much as the, obviously they would, um, in the Premier League and stuff like that. You look at either, you, you are probably at the game. Didn't Brazil come to down in the late yeah, May 90s? Liam Brady and <laughs> the, the goal, and, and, and to, like, like around that time, Shanoba knew who the, like you knew who the Brazilian players were, but you couldn't flick on your phone and go on YouTube and look nope. at a highlight reel of, of, um. Revelino, or whoever you know what I mean, whoever yeah. rocked up, the big one because
2: he scores in 82, yeah. you know, and just so, like that, the
0: like and then and and then really them days, like that, yeah, France, uh, coming as well, didn't they, with Platini and stuff like that? So, like, people obviously knew them players from reading reading the papers, but my point is, like, it wasn't just flick onto your phone, get onto YouTube, what's this fella about? Whereas what Keith is saying now with the lib of the is you're able to do that but you will have to kind of search out these names of the players and se- search them out and have a real interest in, in, in finding them out rather than the stuff that's ran down your throat yeah. uh, every day as regards across the water.
1: Come here to me, and th- th- um, this probably leads us into the next thing, Danny Murphy, Colin, Oyarzabal, Jarzabal Like, Let's be honest about it. If you look at that Spanish team, it just looks like, it genuinely looks like a bunch of Pro Evo regen names. Like, there's not there's not a serious player there. <laughs> you know you saw him that's just like taking Uno Emery and a fella called Simon and used to play a and stick him in a go, right? You've got Pau Torres. That's just taking Fernando Torres and sticking somebody
2: else's name. Fernando Torres and Tepo.
1: Yeah. Mm. Almo. That used to be a program on CBS, right? Almo's landing <laughs> So yeah, they make purges as well. Um you've got Jared Moreno. There's Jared and Moreno. We put it together, we make a player. And then we have um yeah. Fernand Torres, again, just for the things. Jordi Alba, well, he's real. So you have to have a couple yeah. of him once in ones in it just to just keep just it a interest, right.
0: Fernand Torres is definitely Fernando Torres region then yeah, years uh, ago.
1: And 100%, 100%. 100%. 100%. It's like when they had Co- Kyle Walker Phillips. Do you remember he just appeared to replace Kyle Walker? Yeah. It's That's like, championship you know, manager that, stuff. That's yeah, championship
3: yeah. manager.
1: Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So it's like Pedri is the future of Spaniard. Is he? Yeah. Pedro. Ah, Pedro, remember is him. him. Well, hang Pedro was Pedro, you remember, is just Pedro yeah. with a different job
3: do, do, do you remember <laughs> when to get it's an crazy. international cap? You actually had to be the present. Uh, Don't rain on that lad's parade. He's made made a good point. But this is the thing about international football. It's a mixture of players from the you know couple from the past, a couple from the future. But nothing, nothing, for the, anyone that's from the present is on the bench. I mean, you're playing against a workman like Swedish team who are going to set up a two banks I'll of talk 4 about
1: football again. I talk about regen names. No, which is much more. Forget about that. It's true. This tournament, this tournament is about making up names. So I challenge anyone <laughs> in the comments to keep an eye <laughs> and see who come up with the best regen name they've seen in the tournament so far. Um, and I Jordan, keep to have Larson. Like, Jordan Larson. Jordan Larson. Jordan Larson.
2: I'll go Swedish with that
1: yeah, <laughs> I, I, Henry Larson's son. Henrik yeah. Larson's son. Henning Berg's son, Magnus Berg, missed mm. the sitter at the back post for them, right? Um Chris Isaac. That's Chris Isaac's son that used to write yeah. the song off. <laughs> Wicked of game. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: of Games. Yeah,
1: Wicked Games. <laughs> He's a great singer. You should see him in the changing room after a match. Brilliant. fair
2: Pete singing it in fairness.
1: <laughs> exactly. Mo Saddam left back. So, <laughs> all right. Mo yeah. So, I want to see, I want to see, I want to, I want to, everyone next week, I want to know who your best regen name you've seen across the course of the tournament. Who was, um, who was in, <laughs> I was looking at, that Holland team yesterday still has me baffled. Uh, still has me, Those fellas on there. Jim, A prune or something like where did they get him from? And then your man Zorkev, Yuri Zorkev playing for Russia that was like they had no idea who the Russian footballers were and had to keep yeah. one of them out of retirement tournament just to turn up so that we knew it was the Russian
2: team they, they tried to get the, players that go into their 40s don't just
0: they just, just, on, just, on, just on that, they tr- uh, do you hear that? I, I know you didn't hear it because you didn't watch it oh. Phil <laughs> they tried to get a out of the tournament to come back and play in this <laughs> Damn, tournament and right. things things must be very bad if they are trying to get him back we must he must have was, a million can go he was college. absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely poisoning his prime and they tried to get him out of retirement. tournament <laughs> the to problem play. is
3: to the play is he played play in good sides, so he yeah. got away with it. So oh, he's, he's, just he's terrible, one yeah. Thing. He's he's just one ter- thing. terrible.
1: I, listen, listen, I looked at Ukraine and they had random South American lads playing for them, and everything it was like yeah, they had to just Mar-Los. get fellas in, just just it. Marlos. So I say, Mar- Marla Mar-Los. Marlos, that's just a make you up name, but this sort of takes me on to the next bit because the TV coverage, um, and mm. I want to talk particularly around the, the Christian Ericsson um piece as well. and Shane, this is your topic, so um. Mm since we talked about regents go on t- take us into the to the tv coverage and, and what you've seen going on and, and what your thoughts are around this
0: no look i do i think it's this isn't the fucking special topic or anything like that i'm not going to be saying it and that hasn't been said already but just with it being uh, on tonight it's topical obviously as well just the television coverage around what happened to christian Eriksson. i mean um like the camera um being panned on him when he's getting treatment for a cardiac arrest on the pitch, so much so that his his t- not whether the teammates knew that uh, that was that the television covers around. Maybe they did from the screen. They 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 the ring around them, and then the camera pans to his partner. who was obviously inconsolable as to as to what's going on. And we listen. We're living in um we're living in a world where like a streaker will run on the pitch, and the, the yeah. camera will go off, the commentator will say, "Oh, we've we've a streaker on the pitch," um just awful awful people the, the directors of the television companies just tone deaf and um and even bringing it on from that slightly I heard Peter Schmeichel on today who really let the cat out of the bag yeah. basically saying what people already knew that Denmark were given three options they were told you can play it uh tomorrow one o'clock or, or whatever you could you could finish the 50 minutes tomorrow the the 24 hours later and um, they could finish it there and then um or they were told they'd have to forfeit the game 3 0. And now, for that to happen, like, he's obviously getting that inf- first hand information, Casper. Yeah. Uh, and for stuff like that to happen, with uh, people like it goes back to, I know you were, were very good on the Super League stuff, particularly yourself, that it you, comes back to like, your way for being the good guys and crying in the corner, saying, Oh, look what's happened to us there. The big big clubs are cheating on us, basically, and trying to go out and do this. The, but your wife are disgusting, they're absolutely yeah. disgusting. They will they will find Nicholas Benton for wearing paddy power boxer shorts and pulling them up when he scores a goal. But when the teams are when fans are monkey chants and everything like that, like England and Bulgaria, they'll be handed a fucking 10 grand fine. Yeah. Yeah, your way your away for are absolutely rotten and disgusting to the car. So, I listen, that look like I said, it was a topic that uh, I wasn't going to be saying it, that uh, wasn't said already. But I thought the, the coverage around the television coverage around. Yeah, uh, what happened to Erickson, Uh Particularly, particularly, Sean partner, inconsolable. Yeah. Was it was that was fucking that was just that was wrong. That was good. That coverage, wrong. Mm. But the huge, huge kudos, huge kudos to the lads you know, in the studios. Ian Wright was
3: up in arms. He kept tweeting every five minutes. When are you going to turn it off? When are you mm. going to? And he's sitting in one of the studios. Cut the mm. live feed. Cut, cut the live feed. Yeah. So there is some decency out there. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've
2: seen someone saying today that, um, and it's probably a very valid point. You know, probably I don't. Probably a very valid point that they can't go straight back to the studio because a lot of the time the people aren't sitting in the studio; they're going off and getting makeup done and all that sort of thing. But surely they could have got back quick. Do you know what I mean? If you know they're watching the match and they, and no matter what channel you're watching on, whether it was BBC or in Ireland, I was watching it on RTE, and. You know, the visible shock of the pundits in the studio was was palpable. It was palpable, right? But you'd rather that than have to watch. You know, it was like they were trying to sneak a picture of Christian Eriksen. Do you know what I mean? Like the players formed the guard. One of the, the most beautiful things I've seen. Horrific. But you know these lads. Someone said, you know, these aren't forty-year-old men, fifty-year-old men. These are twenty-year-olds, you know, mid-twenties, early thirties, and their mate is on the ground, and they don't know what's wrong with the fella. And do you know what I mean? There has to be, a, there has to be something that could have could have been done to stop that. That was spot on to go in and zoom in on his partner. And, you know, for all she knows. our our partner our husband I don't know if they're married they think they're they're just partners is lying dead on a football pitch 29 years old he's lying dead on a football pitch you know there's no need to look at that
1: like my my take on this is that you know if this was the first time it happened I can understand why why TV companies or whatever Would know what to do, but we've had multiple instances. We had Mark Vivian Fowey drop dead. Um, there was TV coverage of that. That yeah. sets your that sets your precedent from it that his point. His face was
0: plastered f- a front page, in the newspapers filled with yeah, yeah. laying uh, dead yeah. on but, the ground. But, but,
1: but, but Shane, that's my point. Hmm. We've had precedent set. Right, we had uproar about the pictures being plastered all over the papers at the time. And um, the videos always get out on the, online, no matter what happens. They're always out there. Um, and then it's up to the TV companies to have the protocol in place that if something that looks potentially serious happens that you cut away yeah. from it, right? If 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 they can cut away from a streaker and just show random parts of the pitch and the crowd where yeah. things are going on, there's absolutely no reason why they can't have the same protocol in place that if a player collapse for a non- what appears to be injury-based thing that looks serious. And you could tell it was serious. Like you could yeah. tell from the outset, yeah. if it takes Anthony Taylor less than 20 seconds to react and the players react and it takes Simon Carr under 10 seconds to react that there's something wrong here, then that's the same reaction time for the for the, for the the cameras. Um, I, I, I actually think from a cameraman's perspective, you can, I can understand the logic why you would naturally zoom in to see what was going on because they would naturally zoom in on most things, right? That's part of yeah. what they do. But it's the director's job to cut yeah. away. Right? It's the director who goes to cut. It's not necessarily the cameraman's. It's the director's job to cut away from the shot because he's in control of the cameras and what people are seeing. And they've multi-cameras scattered around the stand so they can move it away from anything what they, what they want to do and, put, and train it anywhere. So you can still have a live feed going out. The commentators are still talking about it. It's the same as if a streaker, as I said, a streaker appears on the pitch. That's exactly what they do. <clears throat> so that's what gets me. On this and in this particular matter, because as much as people are moaning about people retweeting what was shown on television, what was shown on television, it's, it's 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 crazy. But I will say that the standards across Europe differ from country to country in terms of what they do show. Even across the globe, like as a, as well stated on here, I'm a huge NFL fan, but they show injuries all the time, and they show like and they show you in slow motion, they show you the injury happening and from multiple angles just to show you how bad the injury was. Yeah. Like this is, you know, depending on where you are, people know that in certain instances, injuries and stuff like that sells views. It sells clicks and it sells engagement. And I hate breaking it down that this is what yeah. it gets down to for football companies and horrible elitist monoliths and megalo. Meg, what's, what's the word they use? It's not even a corporation. It's gone beyond it. But the yeah. UEFA in itself won't care because those videos being shared will have, the, will have the sponsors' boards on the background. And I know this sounds horrific, but ultimately yeah. that's all sells. Because it brings it back to something happened in the way for European Championships and the likes of ESPN News and the States will have on that something happened that allows them to sell spell more because it puts it in front of more eyes and that's what they're talking about. It's 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 terrible in terms of, of, of what people are looking at,
2: right? Um, but as Davos said, the last thing they were concerned about was the players' welfare because you know I don't care if Christian Eriksen sent a FaceTime and says, Look, lads, I'm golden, go out there and play. The trauma and the shock that they went through. And the Finnish players as well. Not just the Danish players. The Finnish players are there as well. You know, it was an awful fucking predicament to have to go out and play that game. If we look back, right, we're all Liverpool fans. And I'll lean more to Pete and Phil on this because they're older than me. But if you think back to Hoysel, right, and Hoysel happens and the game gets played. Now, the atmosphere of the game, you know, its it shouldn't have been played. The players all say it now the game shouldn't have gone ahead because their frame of mind wasn't right. And that's from fighting in, in the stands, in, in in the crowds. This is a mate of theirs. This is a fella that has 119 caps. And that Danish team, you know, the, a lot of the Scandinavian teams we spoke about Sweden earlier, they all come through and there'll be a lot of them will have played together for years. Like that, it's not like it was Christian Eriksson. We don't know him. They all know him. It's, it's one of their pals. He's one of the main men. And he's lying on the ground, like, fighting for his life. Just this, goes back, so,
3: this But this goes all the way back to something that Jorgen Klopp said when he was confronted, I think, by that idiot, Des Kelly. Yeah. And Jorgen Klopp made a very clear point, an eight-minute point, and said, none of, basically, none of you broadcasters are going to care. And you don't care. You only care about having Liverpool on three, three twelve 12 o'clock kickoffs in a row for your television schedule. None of you will care until something serious happens to one of the players. Now, he obviously didn't mean life or death, but we all knew that when you disrupt the rhythm and we've all played here, but when you disrupt the rhythm of a player, the body reacts in a different way. Christian Eriksen doesn't understand what happened to him. He does and now he needs to understand. But I can tell you, you can take it, you can take a guess. When you disrupt the, the, the walking rhythm of a professionally tuned athlete, you throw his rhythm and things can happen all over the body. And Jorgen Klopp, Gary Lineker, Gary Lineker deleted a tweet that he made, a jokey tweet about Jorgen Klopp having a moan about yeah. these things. He deleted it last night because he knows. Like a lot of the broadcasters, they know that everything that Jorgen Klopp has said is coming home through. That the broadcasters do not care about the players. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. And they're wearing that chain. And Gary Lineker, in fairness, I don't think he's the worst of them, but he's very, very... He's Mr. Clean. He was Mr. Clean as a player, never took a yellow card, yeah. and he doesn't want to be associated with this kind of being wrong. It's now come to bear that a lad almost lost his, his life. And it you can track it all the way back to the insanity of the COVID situation, which was unavoidable. The insanity of the schedule that the players had to go through. And now the insanity of being of playing in a, a tournament all over the world, you know, in, in in ridiculous circumstances.
1: Can I just can I just jump in? Um, some gimp there says that Ericsson got the vaccine. Oh, it, it, was, it was set out today by is. his agent and his clubs that he didn't get the vaccine. Um, he hasn't had COVID, and there was no underlying medical conditions. This, this is, is something, nothing. This is nothing to do with the vaccine. Honestly, oh, and I've, I've gotten gotten the vaccine. The I've got, I've gotten the vaccine and ran many kilometers since I, I got it, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling great. In fact, I've never run faster in my life. So I'd actually, say anyway. yeah,
0: he he actually said Edison got the vaccine. So I don't know who he is, but I hope he's doing maybe, well. Maybe after.
1: Er, maybe Edison Harrison, Harrison should get the vaccine I'm mm, yeah. getting the Indian variant. And so mm. uh, vaccines are great; they've been approved for decades. But can I just, just be on on that because I want to start to move on a wee bit on this topic because I think it's still relevant in terms of not just. um what they talk about, because the, I, I think the morally, yeah, people are right to question the decision to play on in the match, right? I think it's it's a fair point. You can see that Kasper Schmeichel wasn't happy about the decision to be put in, to, given three very vari- to give three variations of what they could to do. But the only option here is if 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 you were prepared not to sanction them to have to play on in the match, was to just award at a point each and abandon the game. Right, but the role, rules say that if 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 a game is abandoned and a team refuses to go back to the pitch, it, it, they're forfeiting the game into three 0 win to the other team. Right, so you're, you'd have to go and create a new rule to allow this to happen, um, or where do you fit the game in? Because there's only forty eight hours between these group games.
3: So UEFA feel are very very good at create new rules Pete, and rules and rules Pete, but, themselves.
1: Pete, but they, they open themselves up to a bag of worms because you'll have then individual FAs taking out lawsuits and preventing and inju- putting injunctions in place to prevent them playing the next round because they breached their own rules entirely. And we know that UEFA can't uphold their own rules. Let's think back to the Man-, Man City debacle where they ended up getting overruled on their own rules that they made up. So they can't defend themselves in the court. So they don't want to end up there. So I don't. I think. I think it's a strange um, situation to be in. But the only one that makes sense from a sporting point of view, if both teams had agreed to just, just to, to say, right, in this instance, we both want this to be recorded as a draw. Yeah. Okay. That would have required both teams to come together and you wait for them to accept it and not give them, well, you've got a choice. Play on today, lose, forfeit the game, or play on and then not have the 48 arrows. Because clearly the teams wanted to have the 48 arrows rest. And I agree with Laura's point that um, teams in shock aren't the ones to be, making the right, yeah, to, aren't to be the ones making the right decision. Yeah. But the same teams aren't going to be able to perform on the pitch. The only real option, and I hate saying this, the only real option to play was once Christian Eriksen was removed from the pitch, and this is, sounds really rootless, was to play on the game before the players really found out a uh, uh, level gravity. of the shock to set in, the gravity of the situation to set in. Um, I think that and ship had
0: probably already sailed. Up yeah. with, I, I think because it.
1: it took so long for it to happen, so that was unlikely to but go is, on. So.
0: But would they, like, I know, I know exactly what you're saying the three options and the rules, and they would have had them up with a new rule. But, like, can you imagine? Like, I know UEFA are bulletproof to a certain extent, but can you imagine if Denmark said we weren't going back out in UEFA, or yeah. Finland, a 3 0 win? I think, I think the fall, it would have been absolutely monumental. Yeah. Well, and you know, they, change, they, would have been, say, they would have
3: been exposed was, for what they actually are. Yeah,
0: ex- exa- exactly, Pete. Simple. Now, listen, I, d- I don't. I think it could have been swept under the carpet. Of, like t- today's news is tomorrow's uh, chip yeah. paper and all that. But uh, like, um. Like that, I think that would have been absolutely uproar if they if they had a forced or uh, had to put that into place. That Finland got a got a three 0 win because as 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 you said, like you look at I think one of the Irish opponents yesterday goes, you can't even analyse the game from a Denmark point of view after what happened. Like Schmeichel should save the goal. What way is his head? Hoyerberg misses a penalty with an awful penalty. The keeper keeper could have thrown his cap on it. So like he says, you can't even analyse the game from a Danish point of view.
3: supposed to take that penalty?
0: So definitely, definitely, takeer, you know. exactly. there you go. The flip side of it. So I mean, look, it's look your wave would have had to come up with a real and, uh, and no better, man.
2: Under the circumstances, you can probably you know you know it's 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 extenuating circumstances. It's not the rules might say you give a three-nil win, but this is this is just outside the norm of the rules. Do you know what I mean? Like it's they, they, they come up with a fucking solution that, that works for everyone. Call it a draw and then Denmark have to make a decision. Can they play on in the tournament or can they not? That's another kind of worms that they're opening up as well. Look,
0: You imagine being in that change room and there, there could have been a show of hands. yeah, Like Richie Sadler said, I think it was Richie Sadler anyway, once four or five hands go up that they want to play, like there could be fellas sitting there that that might, that might yeah. be four or five that yeah. don't want to play over twenty four or out of maybe the I don't know, the sixteen that are in the squad of the eighteen that want yeah. to that that don't want to play, they feel under pressure to kind of yeah. say, Oh, well, I don't want to be the one to say, Listen, yeah. I don't fancy it or whatever, which is they shouldn't have to defend how they're feeling about the situation. they don't want to yeah. play, they don't want to play.
1: Shane, I like I think the, the, the bit here for me on that very topic is if three or four of hands go up and say they want to play on um that's fine if mm. you have 11 players who want to play on that's fine but the issue is the teams are already selected you aren't going mm. back to selecting the 11s so if if 15 of the 23 man squad decide that they want to play on and the other eight don't but those other eight were eight of the, the 11 that were playing on the pitch right mm. you've got an issue because the eight are now being forced to play because the other 15 don't want to fall exactly against. that's
0: my point you, you, the other 15 to be torn and looking at them hey listen lads yeah. it's going to majority here can you not and like that isn't right that's just no. that, that's well, not right
3: Phil, Phil referenced earlier on the, the Cameroon France situation in 2003 when Mark Vivian Foy unfortunately died um, France and Cameroon played that game and the, the line up, the camera was in everybody's face. And I remember in particular, Gregory Coupe, who was the Leon goalkeeper at the time, had been played, played with Mark Vivian Foy at mm-hmm. Leon. And Viv- uh, Vivian Foy had gone into West Ham. And he was, it was terrible. I mean, it was just a terrible watch, you know, a terrible watch.
1: I know, but then, Pete, this, this brings me back to my very original point on this. A precedent was set at that point in time. And yet, here we are, all these years later, and no protocols nothing has been built around what happened outside of trying to save the person on the pitch. And I also want to just point out, I know that nobody's going to be watching from Denmark or nobody's going to be watching from what went on, but the speed of both Simon Kiar in terms of what he yeah. was able to do on the pitch, but also the EMTs and the, the physios and all to ensure that, Steve, that Christian Eriksen didn't lose his life, right? Should be commended and applauded. And if, if one thing that this tournament's going to be remembered for is the is, is their brilliance in a year that's been, that's been dominated by health teams, health services, doctors, nurses, the whole lot. And in such a horrible position, right? To, that yet again, their skills came to the fore and their, why, why we rely on these people so much came to the fore and why they should be commended. UEFA, there should be a special for recognition for Simon Care for saving, the, for saving his life, uh, but also for the teams that are involved in ensuring that he didn't pass on the pitch because this was phenomenal work um, mm. between, and I know, the, the, Shane Downs made a good point there, defibs at every sports club in Ireland is, is the hope that's there. Anthony mm. Taylor, yeah, I completely agree, Kev. I said that at mm. the start. Anthony Taylor did an incredible job in recognising the danger that was going on. And I think that's the biggest piece out of this whole bit is how important Reaction times are in significant trauma events, particularly in the sports field, because the quicker you can get to these people, the quicker you have of, of, of them successfully being revived and surviving. Because you look at Fabrice Mwamba and how quick and, and how lucky and how fortunate he was that night for the same thing. Um, and this is where you got to ask at the government body level, what protocols should be enforced across a league-wide and a structure-wide from the grassroots up, there should be defibs in every single playing field available, and if they're communal playing fields there should be more than one there should be three four because you're always going to have multiple games going on mm-hmm. there should be there should be this should be available to ensure that anyone that inv- wants to get involved in a sport has the best opportunity God forbid something terrible like this should happen. So on the gravity of that point, I want to just lo- loosen it up a wee bit. Um, I don't want to don't want to kill you all in, in terms of the, the 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 gravity. I want to want to want to just loosen it up a wee bit, bit. But in terms of a set of pundits, lads, I've never seen a worse bunch of fuckers I've ever on the television I've ever seen in my life. Right? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I I had the BBC I had ITV on, and I will say Ali McCoist and Clyde Tilsley have been the best commentary team I've heard yeah. so far. No, uh, on the RTE side. Uh, Richie Sadler is absolutely dominating the game at the moment he's just he's one of the best pundits out there he's hes, he's opinionated he's intelligent in comparison to like his yang which is Kenny Cunningham who <laughs> is beyond stupid and yeah. lacks any intelligence or insight into the game Chippy Brady is back fair play on book yeah it's great to see Chippy back the, we got a bit of banter Ali McCoyst as co-commentator is brilliant my god that BBC share are possibly Murphy one of the worst bunch of yeah. people ever to express an well, opinion of the game. Let me From Shearer to Ferdinand to Janice to Danny Morphy, it's absolute putrid cabbage-level water of flowing out of the let, expl-
3: let me explain about the BBC, the difference between the BBC and and everybody else. I mean, I did a lot of work with the BBC. You have to watch your P's and Q's It's a public service, basically. You have to really have to watch your P's and Q's There's no there's no room for controversial opinion. There's no room for any form of it. It's completely run by the government. So any of our British um, subscribers who are in the chat now will back me up on this. It's a it's a complete government-run corporation. That's why you pay a license, um, a subscription. I mean, R- RTE is is a is a. A chasm of freedom in comparison to it, despite being similarly run. However, the BBC is very, very strict. You, they, they. It's now kind of, if you like, diverse by policy. So you'll have a certain amount of a lot of uh, mainstream white presenters have been, if you notice, have been replaced rather cynically by black women who understand the game or have played the game. Or it's it's very much a. Uh, paint-by-numbers situation. There's nothing organic about the BBC. So that doesn't escape, that doesn't get away from the fact that Alan Shearer is absolutely boring, that um Gary Lineker is the poster boy for safety, so he would have been instructed to go through his tweets and remove certain tweets yesterday. But it I'm just telling you why. You know, other, other stations are maverick when compared to the BBC. I've been there, I've worked with them, and you have to watch your P's and Q's. Uh,
1: Shane, you brought this mm. topic up how how much would you like to see Channel Four being given a tournament? Because that one shot of football produced Gazetta Football Italia and Italian football, right?
2: Which is, arguably the, blade, yeah. which is
1: arguably the yeah. best coverage of football yeah. we've ever seen in in the English speaking world in the last fifty years, right? So I'm just throwing this one out: who who do we think that Channel would Four? of its
0: imagine? Be given it, a shot it, this world? Yeah, but I, I do. But can you imagine an RT version like Channel Four, and you had like? Uh, Daryl Maloney sitting in Smithfield Market with the boys <laughs> going boy forward and things, and I'm going, yeah. you know what I mean, Raw and exactly. <laughs> right. Or down and are down in Summer Hill or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? It'd be fucking, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah, Channel Four, absolutely. Jeez, that Caseta was was there. James Richardson and the Piazzas and Milan and everything like that, having a cappuccino or eating the pink. Gazette. Yeah. Uh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, manic. But just touching on RT, I didn't really I don't know I, was, I watched the Netherlands game on RT last night and your mum was referring to the Johan Cruyff Arena as the Yardie Yeah, I oh, had to and check was, that. Oh, I'm oh, like, oh, like, where's was, this game being played? I was like, Oh my God, like, like how, how do you get that wrong? It's like that was absolute,
2: George Hamilton, was it? Was it
0: George No, it was your man uh, Stephen Alkin, I think. Ah
2: yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Yeah, he oh, made that mistake, and it blew yeah. up a bit. In fairness, I've seen a bit on Twitter. A few Dion Fanning and a few uh tweeting about it. having a laugh, not, not having a pop, it was having a laugh about it. But uh, yeah, Euro trash at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> <There> you, <go. laughs> <laughs> 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 you imagine well, you. Lolo Ferrari.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I can't say. God bless. God rest our yeah. soul. I, I
1: look, I think, I think Keith, I think Channel Four will be the best show to, to broadcast the tournament. And the, the lads keep popping up the thing they've done Formula One, right? So their Formula One coverage has been brilliant. The NFL coverage used to yeah. be absolutely top notch on Channel True. Four. Any time Channel Four has covered a sport, they've nailed it. They've absolutely yeah. nailed they've done it. A bit I, of
0: NBA, I think he did not they before in the past as well. Did they?
2: Did they? I don't know. Late Late they, may done, yeah. they may have done. Yeah. 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 I always watch it on school yeah, they could have done. But like that, it is that their sort, their comp, their sports uh, shows are always top notch. But even if you watch, it's the main men on the BBC are absolute gash. If you watch like the Afcon coverage and things mm-hmm. like that, it's a lot better because they don't whale out Gary Lineker and fucking Jermaine Genius and all these guys. Is Mark Bright or Efanikoko or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's different voices that have an yeah. interest and a bit of a passion for what they're watching rather than. Danny Morphy, like Danny Morphy sounds like he fucking hates football. I don't know
1: Danny Morphy hates it. football more than Mark Lawrence, which is yeah. actually going somewhere because it's, it's no, like, not Mark
2: Lawrence and Phil Laurel. Sorry, um, Laurel. There's a difference between right. Mark Lawrence and Laurel.
1: Okay, so Laurel, but like to be fair, Laurel would feel like a breath of fresh air and somebody yeah. who adores the game and, and is a great analyst when you put him alongside Janice and um, Alan Shearer. And Danny Morphy, oh my God, Danny Morphy is horrific.
0: Horrific. Listen, Phil, Phil, Janice oh. and Jamie Rednap are the two worst players yeah. for analysing the game and going to yeah. and their takes. They are just, they're the two worst. But for two noise.
2: midfield players, you'd expect them to terrible. have a good understanding of the game, wouldn't you like? And they're absolute dirt. And the two that get uh, get touted for, you know, presenting shows and all that. Isn't Janus getting... Telling the day. He he do, Janus
0: does the one show that uh, evening yeah. on BBC yeah <laughs> the
1: timing, I think I've got everyone on board with the Channel 4 we'd have the big <laughs> breakfast followed by Crystal Mayers and then we'd lead into the coverage of, of the European Championships we'd have James Richardson presenting. Um, we just have to think up some some really good commentary. We get Paolo De Cagno in; he'd have to be a decent analyst, oh. right, in terms of for, oh. for a bit of Italian insight. And and Gianluca Vialli, because Vialli and Richardson were great mates. Yeah. You get you get Gaza in just for to do some some stuff
2: around England and what it's like to be an England player. Um, Listen, I'm telling you what you'd get in all seriousness. Like, if you listen to uh, Galazzo, the podcast with James Richards, oh, and it's the best thing out there, apart from the he's, he's, he's,
0: the, he's the best in the business, really. Yeah, apart from Gris, he's, he's a good
2: journalist. He's, 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 he's a good he's after, after Khan, but him, Marcotti, um, James Horncastle, like their quality, and if they cool. were fronting a football show. They'd had yeah, it they on there, uh, but they, B- they
0: were, and it I was good when that BT. went. Keith, yeah, the European, yeah. that European night, uh, where it was like soccer Saturday, but when a goal yeah. went in, they showed the goal, and then they it's had a the red zone. It was the attempt yeah, at the red exactly, zone. Yeah, yeah, BC. It was, it was absolutely, it was, it was fantastic, and they had their own spin-off show, as in like they'd, they'd be on one week on the highlights and stuff yeah. like that of the leagues. It was, it was so good. I don't know why BT played Football it. Football
2: is TV broadcasters are missing a beat. I B. I didn't know they the show you hmm. that they're putting out now compared to what they could be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing
1: it right. safe, last to- last topic was I said I would give it out to the to the people. I just got a few shouts from earlier on, and I thought uh, some interesting shouts. So Adrian got a new contract today from Liverpool Football Club. We may be amazing <laughs> to have a, have a Liverpool spin towards the end. Um, it had an immense amount of social media uh, backlash and various different things. So lads, um, given he's it's the first time he's ever had a contract extended with any <laughs> club he's ever been on. <laughs> Hilarious Are you happy or sad But can I just Can I just let everyone know In the chat um, Just to put it on record Grizz is done With Liverpool Football Club If uh, Adrian is named Liverpool's number two goalkeeper No um, he's not, not going to be No no he's he, he is Because Kelleher's going gone alone. But anyway the, So Adrian is going to be number two So just letting everyone know um, When that happens uh, Grizz is going is, is finished with Liverpool So if you see him You need to report him On Twitter uh, <laughs> For lying Okay, so I'm just <laughs> let, send his let name. His auto, send him name. Okay, so that's just <laughs> what we're going to do because uh, he's
0: poor <laughs>
1: so But Shane, beautiful. as 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 a fellow goalkeeper, were you delighted to see Adrian get a new contract today? Uh,
0: no, I wasn't uh. delighted. <laughs> but, uh, I I wasn't delighted, but I didn't have a meltdown either. I thought it was just probably a a clever piece of business by the club to keep someone there that knows the ropes, that knows the club that's very popular in in around the place because essentially, I know you think, I don't know whether you're adjusting or whatever, I know you, th- or whether you think Callagher's going on loan, I, 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 I don't think Callagher's going on loan, I think he's, he's going to be second choice. I think that the real, the problem with, I think that the real problem with Adrian is he's the most durable of our three goalkeepers so and yeah. that, that really is the, worrying. That, that really is the worry because he's, he's, that that could be a situation where he gets uh, game time. If I was I actually think uh, with, with uh, obviously Allison is number one and was delighted he came back into a, a, bit, a good bit of form at the back end of the yeah. season, um, which was great after the per, personal year he had. But he's I think second choice goalkeeper at Liverpool is actually quite a, is a, actually a very very good gig because. Yeah you're going to get games you're going to get minutes you're going to get games because he picks up injuries he picks up knocks so it would be this I would be I would be extremely disappointed if Gallagher goes on loan and Adrian becomes number 2 but as James Pearce and a few were apart and uh, he will be number 3 and he's kept in the background just for the Lucas Labour crack remember Lucas used to stay you ja- <laughs> told Jamie home, Lucas used to stay around the place just for because uh, he was good in the dressing room, Phil. James used to tell you that. I think this is the, uh, This is the Adrian Lucas Levin. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: my, my, my response is that's grand if he's just hanging around the training room and being oh, great, but as soon as you have to rely on him, you end up eighth in the league. Um, exactly,
0: exactly. Eight. Same with Adrian.
1: Where, 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 where
2: do you fit on the Adrian? Um, uh, uh, on the outside, looking at it, and he's a tour choice keeper. You're not going to get many third choice keepers if you are. People say, Oh, other teams wouldn't do this, but Man City are wheeling now. Scott Carson and Spurs had Joe Hart, you know what I mean? And these are all pony as well. If, we, if we're honest about it, mm. Joe Hart, you know, it? if Joe Hart, ah, he's beyond bad, that fella for fuck's sake. He's I'm the just, English sorry Adrian.
0: For, s- sorry if I caught across you, Heath. Uh, he's poxy
1: on a lot, on
3: a
0: lot He's, on a lot, poxy. On, he's one of the them.
1: worst shites to ever pick a Jersey <laughs> up and play and goal. Sorry, <laughs> go on, go on,
0: go on. All, all the all them number three is that a listing, will would be on a hell of a lot more though than Adrian is on yeah. I'd say so sorry yeah,
2: exactly Keith, sorry no yeah right it's a good point as well but if he's the number three devil nailed it there the number two keeper is going to get games at Liverpool number three has a good chance of getting them as well and that's the worry you know what I mean like the unless Allison can sort out and I don't know look I'm not having a dig at Alisson he, he lost his father. a very tragic but. I don't think he was great before that, I'm being honest. Does anyone have an issue with his his size? I'm coming from a slim man like me. You know, I can say these things. But there's all these sort of pictures went up about him. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Is Is he not fit? Is his conditioning an issue? Because he's picking up silly little injuries. Is it down to conditioning? And used to our goalkeepers, right? What do you think of that?
1: Who Alison or actually? Alison?
2: Alison,
0: I,
1: I can't get me. Ha- the lads face. are back knocking in for the team. The they, <laughs> they found Maratha's the boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the Alison thing interests me because I don't know if he is because of that injury where his, his calf more or less just exploded yeah. and he had to come back. Do you get a load of different um. Knock, knock on, opponent. knock on injuries that can mm. particularly go, particularly where your season's being condensed and you've had to yeah. go and play internationals and you haven't had a long rest. And my worry is we're, we're into the same situation again. Yeah. He's off for Brazil and he's playing the Copa America. Um, that, that's 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 my worry. It's it's more so. Do we need more rest for that squad? Uh, like you look at Gomez, you look at Van Dijk all getting the rest this this season. You look at um, Salah and Mane all being rested as well. Um, Henderson is gonna get a nice rest because the, he'll who cares. Um uh Trent thankfully is getting a decent rest as well. Rob will get a decent rest as well after these group stages because he won't be going much further than that. Oh, you know,
2: three teams get he might do.
1: No, he won't. Um they, they they're Scotland. They won't win anything. They won't even win the toss. That's what's going on there at the, the moment. Yeah, to be better off just drinking it out of Iron Brody and Barton Mars Bars that they'll have a bit of <laughs> <laughs> Um so no, I look, I again I think, with Allison, it's very much been a case of. I think he needed a proper rest. We forced yeah. him back because of who he is, and um, y- y- there is the mental thing. But my God, that's what we're talking about, her, Allison. If you look at the back from when he comes back in December, he doesn't miss a game from that point mm-hmm. on. Mm. He, str- he struggles through a bad patch of form after his, his father passing, and whatever, and then that run in the ten games, he was back to the Allison and the old, yeah, making huge exactly. big saves, yeah. making huge big saves, and scoring goals for us. So, I'm, I'm not. I, what I, think, do you want? I think there's more of a chance of him being getting a full season out of him next season and him only missing out on games where they choose to rest and be it yeah. the League Cup and the FA Cup where they're not interested in, right? Then, and that
2: makes, is the Adrian risk then. If we have a fully fit Alison, am I just bringing in Kelleher for select games that we're picking? Well, mm-hmm. then that makes the Adrian thing for his experience and his know how well, fair enough. And that was. The,
1: The only thing is, Keith, and this is where I go back to Adrian as number two, and I think Kelleher may go out, is is likely to go out on loan, is I think they they, that Klopp will will have Kelleher on the bench less because he he knows he can plug and play Adrian in a game if anything happens to Alisson because he's more likely to go for experience in an injury event in a match than where he's able to talk to Kelleher before the games who still prep has a limited... Him. And, prep him through, yeah. and get him into the situations where he needs to be in terms of the focus and the video training and all that type of stuff before a game goes on. And I think really from Kelleher's growth though, I think Kelleher needs to get out and get a bit like what happened with Henderson at United. If they see Kelleher with a long-term future at the club and they're saying he is good enough to take over from Alisson and we know what goalkeepers spend an awful lot of time with football clubs so there's no there's no real rush to do it. Then in reality, I'm looking at it saying, okay, is there a drive to get him out to get him maybe a, a, a season on loan to get him up to a full starting status to challenge Allison, or is Allison looking at that will be year five or six of his contract? Is he then thinking, is there an opportunity for me in Real Madrid? Is there an opportunity to be somewhere else? Like the talking about the guy going to Paris Saint Germain for a billion to zillion to euro a week, mm-hmm. Um and that means that somebody like what's your man's name, brilliant goalkeeper, Kayla Navas. Kyler Navas. Is, mm. is available then to to move on around the, the continent? So, I don't know. I, I just I, I just think when 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 we look at it, people losing their shit over Adrian signing a contract extension. If that turns out that we've spent all our money on signing Adrian to a contract extension, rightfully have lose your shit over it, right? If it's mm. about signing a goalkeeper to improve your squad depth, shut the fuck up because you've been moaning about squad depth more or less now for the best part of four months.
0: Well, there's a, well, there's a point there, Phil. Someone saying if if if, uh, if, if, if. Keller does go out on loan. Probably a goalkeeper would come in and I'd probably agree with that. If I don't. Another keeper, another keeper would come in. I do. I, I don't see them going with um, Adrian as number boys. two and then the the young Brazilian kid as, as tour it choice. He's, he's not, he's, uh, he's not, he's not, he's now he's nowhere near ready at all. You've all
1: skipped so, out, you've, you've all skipped over the fella that was sent out on loan and his Bravara. home. Yeah, he was sent on to a full loan and, and Keller took his place. I think hmm. we'll see the reverse. I think Grabber will come back into the squad as an option as one of the three and Kelleher will be given a full loan spell this season um yeah, So it yeah, could, could be it
0: right. could be Roy. I could see Grabara being sold now. Myself, yeah. uh, he's he's probably uh, he a he. The good season actually, he, he saved a penalty that put them got them promoted or won a cup or something like that. Where yep. I think he was our house in Denmark? Yeah. It could be wrong now. It could be our wrong. In the middle of in the our middle street. Of our street. Yeah, in the middle <laughs> of <our> street. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, I think to be. I think to be. All,
3: to be, to be sorry,
0: go ahead, Jay. No, no. Just I think is is sorry, Pete Is I think his stock is probably at the highest. Maybe it will be yeah. for selling um grab Ireland the summer, that's all I was gonna say. Yeah, no,
3: I, I think I think you gotta look at a lot of things with, with the goalkeepers. I think it's very clever piece of business today with Adrian. I mean I think Alisson is at the stage and certainly after the year he's had right you want you want him to feel stable. You know you must remember we're dealing with human beings here. I wouldn't personally I wouldn't like to see uh the club going out and buying somebody who could threaten him. Um and you you know Shane and Phil you know more than anyone else how goalkeepers train, they train as a mini team within a team. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about having goalkeepers who accept their roles at the club. So Adrian seems to be very, very good at, you know, he's he's a good presence around the place. By all accounts, he's a very good professional. And he can he can do a job. But psychologically uh, um uh, Allison will know that he's no threat to him and he will also know that Queen Callagher is absolutely no threat to him certainly at this point in Wait time on a stop
1: stop stop did you just fucking say Crevein Callagher? Callagher. I'll, come, I'll come over to Barcelona and I'll stick you in the back of one of those ambulances and drive you. Swear, to you swear If you I ever say, Callagher. say, you ever say Callagher, you. Callagher again, right?
3: I said, I said I Swear to you. It's this, this, this bloody thing. But he's, he's, he's dreaming the man
1: going all full on English. I'll, I'll have. I swear, seriously. Yeah. I'll but get the next
3: bow. But he'll know he'll know that there's no threats there. So it's to be. Honest, I think it's a move for stability. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So if you remember right, we brought in Adrian because we got rid of Mignolet, and Allison gets injured against Norwich first game of the season, and Adrian comes on, and the fact that he's not Mignolet means the crowd didn't get on his back from the off, <laughs> and he went and done well went and done well, right? Because he was a Mignolet.
1: Yeah. I don't want to break a thing, but look, I just want I'm going to surprise Pete. So listen, I just want to thank everyone for listening tonight, right? It was the best thing. Um And thanks for the topics. Thanks for the interaction of the chats. We've loads of stuff coming up. Get on the Siena steps. Um, and again, thanks for everything for, except for Ben Davies, because he's a muppet. Um, so yeah, cheers exactly. for all that. This has been The Forum. I've been your host for Casey. That's been Pete Smith. That's been... Keith over this side and then down down the bottom here is, is, is me old pal Shane for getting on. Good night, God bless. See us next week.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.